Yes, sir. What is going on, y'all? Happy Friday to everybody and welcome to episode number 107 on the Coach Cool Podcast. It is fantastic to be with you all today for yet another Friday discussion. And these things just keep on rolling. Our guests just keep on getting more impressive Friday by Friday. And today is no different because joining us today is the most recent world champion, Super Bowl champion, assistant strength and conditioning coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mr. Greg Carbon. Now, when you want to talk about a dude that stands for challenge and perspective and morals and faith and just overall an outstanding human being, look no further than Mr. Greg Carbon. And when you guys hear this conversation today, you are going to hear that in his voice, the way he expresses his words, the humility that he speaks with, and the values that he brings to the table, in addition to his knowledge in the strength and conditioning field, how he chooses to approach life, and just so many things in between. The value is immense when it comes to this conversation today. I think we talked for about, um, I don't even know, an hour and 15 minutes. It seemed like two minutes just because things were flowing and the knowledge and the wisdom and everything that he was sharing was so cool. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear it today. So without further ado, again, episode number 107 on the Coach Cool Podcast Friday discussion with the incredible Mr. Greg Carbon. Let's get it, y'all. All right, so it is time to kick this conversation off, and I am really excited for this one. I've not had the opportunity to uh, talk to this guy in a while, but a guy that I have very much looked up to for quite some time. Uh, first, had the chance to meet him at Missouri Western State. My first gig out of college, he was the strength and conditioning coach at Missouri Western. And uh, kind of from the first inception and interaction with G, I know exactly the type of man that he was and what he stood for. And the amount of stuff that I was able to learn from him in that year um, was absolutely remarkable. So he was definitely someone I wanted to identify to have on this podcast today. And uh, he got a little break from uh, his post-Super Bowl winning, uh, world champion winning game a few weeks ago. And uh, I'm just so blessed to have this guy on the show today. So without further ado, it is my pleasure. It is my honor to welcome Mr. Greg Carbon to the Coach Cool Podcast today. G, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much for taking the time and uh, really excited to talk to you today and learn some stuff, man. So welcome to the show. Man, John, I appreciate you having me, man. I've been keeping up with you over the last year, excited about what you're doing personally, you. professionally. And uh, to be totally honest, I wish we could have had you at Missouri Western longer <laughs> than a year. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate that. And I wish I could have stayed too, but... You know, something was calling me a different direction and I ran with it and I'm glad I did, but uh, most certainly enjoyed our time together, no doubt about it. So um, to kick this thing off, Greg, real quick, just from your perspective, if you can give us a little background on who you are, some lineage um, in terms of your history and how you've kind of gotten to this point in your life to provide some framework for the conversation, um, that would be a great place to start for us, brother. Oh, yeah, Definitely. Well, I uh, grew up in Jefferson City, Missouri, mm -hmm. uh, played football at Jefferson City High School, um, a high school with uh, rich football traditions. Yep. Recruited uh, to play football at Missouri Western uh, by the defensive coordinator. His name was Jay Bubak, and um, <clears throat> I actually walked on to Missouri Western. Yes, sir. Uh, because I had a spiritual connection with Coach Bubak. Um, had other scholarships offered, so could have went to school, you know, with money, but I felt like the Lord was pushing me towards Missouri Western, mm. and, uh, you know, by the time that I was a junior, I was uh, a unanimous first team defensive back, kick returner. Wow. I was also placed on full scholarship, and I met my wife at Missouri Western. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely think that was all in the Lord's plan yep. uh, to, to get me to wear that, that black and gold. Yep. And then my wife and I, we graduated spring 2007, where we then moved to uh, North Kansas City, where my wife was a, a school teacher before taking a uh, Missouri Western volleyball job um, in 2012 um, to coach volleyball at Missouri Western, okay. where I was in north kansas city um i was a personal trainer eventually opened up my own performance 
facility with two other business partners. I was also coaching football, coaching track. So I was in the high school settings, um, performing performance training and coaching athletics, and I was just a good alum. The athletic director from Missouri Western reached out to me in 2013, asking me to be Missouri Western's first strength conditioning coach back then, and it allowed me the time to spend more time with my wife yep. and how we'd work at the same institution. So it was good for the family. So we made that move from Kansas City back to our alma mater. Got you. Yes, sir. Got you. Got you. And, uh, and finish that sentence. Cause you know, what, what, what you got going on right now? Let's not hold that up real quick. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, after, you know, six years at Missouri Western, you know, uh, God led me to the Kansas city chiefs. Yes, sir. So I met, uh, Barry Rubin, who's my, who's the head strength conditioning coach for the Kansas city chiefs. I met him about three years ago, just after I had, uh, my three-year-old twins. Okay. Uh, now three. But I had twins at the time when I first met them. And I was actually, <clears throat> I was in the Arrowhead with our Missouri Western equipment manager. We were picking up some equipment. Okay. And Scott Groner, our equipment manager, yep. took me into the weight room to introduce me to, to Barry Rubin. You know, what was only supposed to be like a two-minute introduction ended up being an hour conversation wow. me in his office, writing on his dry erase board, <laughs> my football program <laughs> that wow. I'm, that I'm, in, you know, at Missouri Western and, and he loved uh, what I was doing. And, you know, it, it was almost like he was just firing off questions and we're just rapping, having a good time. And by the end of that hour, you know, uh, he asked me what I was looking to do in five years and, you know, I told him, you know, wherever God wants me to be, that's yeah. where I'm going to be. And I kid you not, he said, well, Greg, uh, if there's ever an opening on my staff, I want you to be my guy. Wow. And three years later, I, I get a call leaving a, a volleyball strength training session. And, hey, bud, I need you. <laughs> and I need mm. to know by tomorrow. <laughs> mm. So so it was, a man, like, it's one of those things where, you know, you think people are being nice saying things. Right. For that to actually come to fruition. Oh, that's that's all the Lord, man. Like again, spiritual connection, you yep. know. Yep. Man, you just gave me goosebumps with that story, man. Talk about uh right place, the right time, you know, coming from the right place and the right from your mind. My gosh. Um Okay, G, well, you just kicked it off with a bang, man. So here we go. Um, so let's take a few steps back. I want to talk about your your time at Missouri Western as a player real quick. You said you were a walk-on, which I think says so much about who you are as a person. And I think two more times than not, when you do walk onto a football program, that means that you don't necessarily have a whole lot of other options in terms of scholarships at other universities, but not the case for you, which, again, I think speaks volumes to you and your self-awareness and just understanding where you should be and listen to God kind of calling you to that stuff. So I think that's incredible. So, you know, again, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but in terms of attending Missouri Western State, why did you ultimately choose to walk on there versus going to other spots where you could have had some money and probably played a little bit sooner and all those things? Why Missouri Western for you at that point in time? I would definitely say uh, my defensive back coach, defensive coordinator, Jay Bubak, that connection that I had. Got it. Sitting at – that office when he was in Jeff city with my head coach, there was a genuine connection there in terms of just some of the, the, the terms or the phrases that he was using in, in conversations. Yeah. Uh, gave me that he was a, a strong believer in Christ. And I knew, you know, looking back on that time when I was making this decision, he would be that man that I needed in mm. my life away from my father who was going to make sure I was going to go to church Got it. on Sunday. Um, he was going to hold me accountable to becoming the man that my dad wanted to be um, in terms of what he saw for me achieving post high school, because I'm the first college graduate of my family. So, wow. You know uh, what my dad invested in me to get to that point. Um, he knew that Coach Bubak could help get me to that finish line. Gotcha. And um, I'll tell you a quick story about Jay Bubak. 
Yep. Uh, so uh, we went to Frederick Boulevard Church every Sunday. I'm there. There was one Sunday I decided to skip church because we had a, a game the night before. And, you know, sometimes after a football game, you don't feel the greatest waking up on Sunday morning. No doubt. So I decided to sleep in. So didn't go to church on Sunday. Uh, we had morning weights that Monday. Okay. And, uh, Coach Bubak said, Greg, missed you at church. Where were you at? I was like, Coach, I was, I was at church. I was in the back, mm. you know, and I'm, <laughs> I'm lying. I'm totally <laughs> okay. lying. Yep. You know, and I thought that was going to be the end of it. Got it. And this is just the kind of man he is. And this is this is in front of, you know, a big group of 40 people. Right. He looked at me dead in my eye, and he asked me what the sermon was about. I wasn't mm. ready for that. Mm. <laughs> and, and I just came clean on the spot because, like, my heart was already hurting for lying. And right. then just called me out in front of, you know, 40 other guys. And I never missed church again. Wow. But I needed that. Wow. I needed that, you yep. know, yep. and it just taught me so many lessons, yep. so many lessons. Man. Yeah, that's powerful, too, because that reminds me. I had one of my boys um, that I coached with at Ohio State, went to high school with him, Nico Palzetti, and he was teaching me about love one day. And he said, what love is to me is being for somebody what they need you to be, not what they want to be for you or what you want them to be for you, right? So probably in that mm -hmm. moment, it would have been really easy for him to sweep that under the rug and kind of call it a day. But in that moment, he knew he probably didn't want to call you out in front of all those people. He didn't want to be that, but the type of man that he is, that just tells me the type of love he probably had for you in that moment. And maybe you didn't see it at that point in time, but looking back, like, yo, like what a big moment in your life. And that probably changed you for the better as a result of that moment right there. And like, that's what love is. And that's what coaching is. And I feel like that's what it's all about. So like that, that's, I mean, that's powerful stuff right there when you really think about it. And uh, I know, again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but was that, you know, do you think looking back now, like was that moment in that point in time and him calling you out like that, like did that kind of shift gears for you in terms of your approach at maybe not just football, but life moving forward? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Just moving forward. It one told me he, he genuinely cared about me. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, you know, you always have eyes on you. You know, um, Facts. especially for the people who love you because they yep. want to they want you do well. You know, they're, they're your biggest supporters. And, you know, I knew I let some young guys down on the team who may have looked up to me, mm, yeah. you know, because I was a sophomore at the time, you know, playing playing good football uh, in my second year. And he knew how to tug on my, my heartstrings because, you know, he knew I, I would feel bad, and he knew I would do better. And, again, I want to lead by example. Yep. So, now moving forward, I, like I said, I didn't miss church. Um, and I was always waiting for, for Coach to ask me again, like, what, what was the sermon about? <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you were ready, boy. You were ready. So was, you were ready. Yeah, so like, <laughs> he, he was just preparing me, you know. And, yep. um Man, and with that, I've gotten a lot of really good sermons out of it too. So wow, definitely go. closer. Yeah, yeah. You know? What a game changer! And I, needed I needed it because most coaches, yeah, they wouldn't have asked me that. So. Yeah, exactly right. He's exactly what you needed at that point in time. That's dope. Yep. Talk about a life lesson. That's what it's all about, dog. Now, okay, so playing career-wise, G. I mean, it wasn't you know you did start your career as a walk-on, but I mean you were balling, boy. I mean, first first team all conference, whatever, doing your thing, kick returner, DB. I mean, a dude. And don't I, I don't remember the exact stat, but was it Missouri Western's first playoff appearance? I want to say in like '06. Is that correct in terms of? Yes, sir. Yeah. Sir. Okay. Yeah. So. 2006. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. And uh, yeah, so I mean, talk about a career starting out as a walk-on and obviously elevating yourself to that status, like. You know, me, me being a walk-on, too, I, I feel like I did my thing but never got to that point in terms of playing and all that. So, like, what did that process teach you, kind of starting at the bottom, if you will, and elevating yourself to that status and not just personally but helping the team reach a milestone they've never reached before in their entire existence? So, like, what did you kind of learn throughout the trials and tribulations of starting where you did and then kind of ending up where you did at the end of your career? Man, uh, definitely a lot of humility. Um, yeah 
But, you know, as a walk-on, you can't necessarily always do some of the things that, um, you know, those finances towards your, your school will allow you to do after practice. So while a lot of my <clears> – <throat> A lot of my classmates or, you know, that freshman class that you come in with on the football team, you know, after practice, they would go back to the room, get on the sticks. They're playing Madden. Yeah. You know, they're hooping in the wreck. I'm going to the wreck and I'm clocking in because mm. I'm working six to 10 o'clock. Yep. So I need to pay off my school. I need to pay for wow. my books. Uh, so, again, uh, you know, reality sets in, you know, in terms of. If I'm going to make this work, I'm going to have to work extremely hard. But with that, um, me being at work, again, Coach Bubak got me the job because he really wanted me to play football for him. Got you. And I needed to pay for school. So, uh, you know, when I was at work, uh, it allowed me to do my homework. So I, I got to keep my GPA up nice and high. So I got, go. to be, got to learn to become a good student okay. because I had nothing but time. And then uh, – Secondly, you know, I was earning money for the first time. That was the first time I've ever had a job. Got it. Um, so I was learning, you know, new responsibilities and to, you know, working for someone and doing a good job and just kind of seeing how an entire operation works. And, you know, your work definitely reflects on you and the organization and, you know, me being built the way I am. Um, I'm going to make sure I do my best. So, yep. you know, all that just kind of spilled over uh, into the weight room um, as a red shirt. You know, I came in uh, a buck 55, never really touched the weight in high school. Wow. I kind of was one of those guys who, you know, was quick twitch. I could run. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Embarrassed in the weight room because I wasn't that strong. Um, and I never really hit the weights hard. So, you know, that spilled over into the weight room. It was just one of those things where – you want to play football this is what you have to do this is part of the process and I just kind of bought in and you know uh, I'd probably say close to the end of that first semester one of the seniors told me hey Greg you're looking kind of big and I looked <laughs> in the mirror I actually had some muscle and I was like okay there you, you know and uh, the, the confidence just kind of took off from there um, and you know I didn't I didn't have a whole lot of free time it was yep. it was uh, school in the morning um, weights film practice and then work and then sleep you wow. know so you know uh i kind of you know learned my my blue collar ways you know from my red shirt freshman year and we were kind of a blue collar program anyways right. a lot of our all during the early 2000s were actually walk-on kids oh wow so i can throw out some names that you know nobody um probably uh would would know unless you attended Missouri Western, but, um, you know, a lot of our, our, uh, hard hat guys who were, you know, all Americans, they were walk on kids. And th those guys were um, people I looked up to and, and I wanted to emulate. Yep. So they put their, their, their he heads down. They had hard hat lunch pail. They went to work. So I bought into that. And a lot of those, earlier teams that I was on uh, before we reached the playoffs, we were so close and I've seen the work that, that went into it. And I knew when I was a junior that our class was pretty special. Um, and if we just kind of set the standards and held everyone accountable, we could eventually, you know, get over the hump and get into the playoffs. And, you know, uh, that's what myself and a couple of uh, our other junior classmates did. Like we, we, we got together and, we held some, you know, player called meetings, okay. you know, we, we kind of brought everybody in room and told them, Hey, these, this is what we're expecting. And this is how we're going to get there. And, and guys bought into us and Got it. we cared and we loved one another and we were consistent. Um, you know, it wasn't nothing for, for us to go pick a guy up, you know, from work and get him to 707 in the summers or no it wasn't any us to, you know, let a guy sleep on our living room floor, yep. um, get better over those summer months. Yeah. So, yeah. No, you know, that's incredible. Yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. Oh, no, no, you're, you're good. But, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things where, you know, um, I think a lot of times people just see, you know, the, the big trophy, you know, at the end of like a successful season yep. and they don't see a 
hard work that comes with it, yep. you know. And unfortunately, one team, you know, really gets to to have that that type of celebration at the end of the year. But like for us at that time, getting to the playoffs and um, you know, for the first time in Missouri Western's history, that was that was a big deal for us. No doubt. Yep. Yep. And that wasn't earned. You know, on game day, that was like doing the stuff exactly like you talked about. Like, that kind of takes me back to, you know, ball in college, too. Like, hopping the fence to the facility when everything was locked up just to go get more work. Or, you know, instead of going to eat dinner, like, one, money's tight. But, two, like, I'm going to go hop on the jugs for another hour. Like, that's the stuff that makes yeah. everything else happen, yo. Like, it ain't no secret. But sometimes to the outside world or outside perspective, like, it's this sexy thing. But in reality, yo, like, that's what it takes. That's the game. No, no, no question, man. And and I'm sure, like, uh, a lot of our stories are probably similar. Like, I remember sneaking in facilities to get oh, that yeah. extra work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I can definitely relate with you, man. Yeah, no doubt. I, st- I, I still got the scar on my calf for hopping the fence and being unathletic and cutting my deal open. I mean, that's, that, that's, that, that's the game right there. You know what I mean? So, I love um, it. yeah. You do it all. The, yeah, you damn right you do it all over again. Hell yeah. Um, well, that's fantastic, G. So let's talk about after ball a little bit. Now, I forget, you know, what, what, what was kind of your situation personally, but did you have any opportunities to go play um, professionally afterwards in terms of Missouri Western, or did you kind of just nix that and just hop right into uh, mm-hmm. the workforce afterwards? You know what? Uh, I had an opportunity uh, to play with the Kansas City Brigade, and I actually signed with them the year that the, the AFL folded. So oh, wow. that was okay. kind of when the recession hit. Mm-hmm. So, so I graduated right around the time of the recession and um, we were supposed to report um, to camp that fall. And I had just talked to the offensive uh, coordinator the night before, you know, cause there was rumors about the league folding okay. and everything. And then, you know, I'm excited because, you know, for me, like for this sure. is a step, for me to hopefully, oh, gotcha. you know, yeah. NFL. Yep. Uh, turn on ESPN in the morning, and I find out that the league is folded. <laughs> wow. You know, and like I'm just kind of in shock because I'm like, I just talked to Coach Foster last night. Yeah, yeah. Board here at nine, but um, you know, I think at the time the AFL lost like a four million dollar uh, sponsorship deal, and you know, I think that was probably just too much gotcha. um, for them to you on and to be totally honest around that time that's kind of when I was in limbo in terms of whether or not I really wanted to play football interesting because um, okay. the were they were so scarce I was a division two kid um and at that time I had just recently gotten an agent and my agent didn't have a lot of big time contacts got it so D2 just wasn't um as you know I guess looked at as you yeah. know maybe a, a level where they can get some some guys for sure now, today they're getting guys from everywhere which i think right. is great um so you know uh and it was around that time where you know i i continued to train and i had a couple of cfl workouts you know got put on a hot list and you know it was one of those things where it said hey if one of our guys go down you're the first guy that we call I'm looking at the injury report and the CFL every week, you know, and like the DBs are staying healthy and, you know, another season goes by. And uh, by then I was coaching um, football at North Kansas City High School. And honestly, I I really started to dive in um, to the high school athletes at that Mm. time because I was in a high school um, in downtown Kansas City. Big melting pot. So a lot of diversity. Kids from, uh, you know, from one spectrum all the way to the the opposite end in terms of finances. Um, I mean, demographics, just crazy. And there was a lot of kids who came from single parents' homes, um, not a whole lot of money. And it was during that time where, you know, I really had the opportunity to, to start serving. And I served those young men and those young women in terms of, you know, just being, you know, someone to encourage them when they needed it, giving them a ride, sometimes buying them a meal, mm. uh, you know, just kind of just 
trying to be a, a bright spot in their day. For uh, sure. And, uh, you know, just just really started loving that aspect of coaching. And, um, you know, God always has you where he needs you to be. No and, doubt. Uh, you know, the the AFL folded for a reason so I could be yep. in North Carolina High School. And I yep. still have a, a really good relationship with a lot of those kids um, who are now – who are now adult, yep. you know, no been, doubt. been around all now. And uh, those those young men and women have went on to graduate college and they're doing great. Got so. you. Yeah, no, that's powerful. That's powerful. That's really cool. So would you say then in terms of, you know, kind of that limbo between playing and not playing, I know that's such a transition for everybody involved in athletics, not even just football, but just in general, like that's all you know. So was that maybe kind of like a, a tipping point in terms of you were experiencing that stuff, coaching, you saw what that could be and how much impact you were having? Like, was that kind of the push you needed to step away from the game playing wise and kind of enter the arena of, you know, whether it's coaching football or the strength and conditioning stuff or whatnot? Is that, is that kind of the thing that puts you over the edge, maybe you could say? I think so. Because yeah. up until that point, I think um, I really idolized football, you know. You know, sure. um, when, I was, when I was attempting to, you know, be a professional – um, you know, I, I just knew it was, it was God's plan for me to play football. You know, I was like, why would he bless me with all this speed? This great yeah. vertical jump, yeah. <laughs> you know, not to be used on Sundays, yep. you know, and, and y'all real quick, y'all quick. When that boy says he can jump and run, what I tell you, that boy can jump and run. He ain't lying. Like it ain't like him floating his own boat. Like that boy can roll and he can jump. He ain't floating his own boat. Okay, Greg, go keep going. Keep going. <laughs> hey, I, I appreciate that. Yes. Uh, so, and then like the you know the 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 more that I began to just reflect on on the things up to that point, I realized the NFL is something that you know I was putting before God, and that's what I thought He mm. wanted for me, you know. Yep. And I got to thinking like, well, my dad, you know, he's gassing me up. You know, I got my friends; they think yeah. I should be so. I asked myself one day, like, am I trying to live up to my dad's expectations, my friend's expectations? Because in my heart, like, I knew North Kansas City High School was the right place for me. These kids who didn't have a father in their home needed me. And that's when I surrendered to the Lord and said, Lord, if, if this is where you want me to be, I'm yours. And that's when I began to get more excited on a Friday night for my guys yep. out the, in the arena yep. than I ever had preparing to play for a game myself. Wow. <laughs> you know, and I never thought I could feel like that. I'm no more doubt. excited for those young men than I ever have strapping up myself. And that's, and that's kind of when I knew, yep. like, this is how I'm supposed to minister to the young people. Yep. I got you. And then once you get a taste, you just want more. Like, it's crazy because you never know as a player, you don't understand that perspective. Like, I can't love this no more. Like, I, I can't see myself doing nothing different than once you kind of see the impact you can have in a different arena. Like, that becomes your game now. And that's how I feel with this stuff. It's like, I didn't think I, – I thought I had passion for football and sports before, but, like, now – doing this stuff it's like yo like I never even like this is a whole new stratosphere of drive and passion and work ethic like it just opens so many doors and like once you find that it's just like how like you just get up every day you ready to rock yo like that's just that's so cool and I I can hear that in your voice and I'm empathetic towards that because I feel you like especially knowing you as a person like I just know as soon as you had that first interaction like I'm making a difference or I got this cat better like that's it game over I'm done I'm cool like I'm moving on um, I don't know, man. That's the game. That's so cool. I love that you just said that. No, man. And John, like, I know you're a special coach too. Like, I'm, I'm gonna take you a little bit back to your time at Missouri Western. Okay, take uh, me back. Come on. Hey, Daiwan Usery. You remember him? Yeah, absolutely. I just hit him up the other day, actually. Yep, absolutely. This, this, man, well, I'll tell you this. I have never seen any coach during my time with Daiwan have the connection that you had with that young man. Mm. Thank you. That young man was one uh, great athlete. Yep, no doubt. Good character. But there, there was a barrier. There was a wall there. And there's only a few people he'd ever let in. 
and you busted that wall so fast. Yeah. I knew there was something special about you because it really hurt that young man, you know, when you moved on. Yeah. And you were you were so good for that young man and you were so good for that receiving group just for our football program and that's why I was I was hurting when you left, man, just cuz like I knew I knew you could have a, a special impact on that program and and yeah. you did because um, he had a thank he you. had a great senior year and you had a lot to do with that so I thank you for that because that's something that you know I couldn't get done and you did it so mm, thank thanks, you for Tim. that because he's better for me after yeah. you know he was under you so thank yeah. you for that no doubt that's so powerful and um, I guess two thoughts come to mind when I think about that stuff is one kind of like you're saying you're placing people's lives for a reason and for whatever reason, I was able to find that connection with him. And I know with him initially, and he probably tell you the same thing, is people were starting to write him off. I know he kind of came in hot as a recruit, fast cat, good hands, the boy can play ball. But when he got there, exactly right, he kind of hit a roadblock, whether he was getting in his own way or we weren't really putting him in the right spots to succeed and identifying his true strengths and whatnot. And um, I think it's really easy to write people off when there's high expectations and they come in and maybe they don't live up to those things. And you can say, oh, it's his fault or it's, it, 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 he, he, he's the one that's doing stuff wrong or whatever. But no, I think, you know, when you take a step back sometimes and you really try to evaluate one, who you're working with and two, how you're approaching working with that person, like more times than not, it's probably on you because we all have these gifts that we have been blessed with and can be blossoming and grow and be shown out to the world if you're put in the right positions to do so and I think that was just the case with him it was just he needed somebody to understand him where he was coming from show him that you know I love you and I and I care for you and I think once um, I was able to do that in a genuine way and he saw I wasn't just bsing to get the most out of him with football but as a person like that's the game that's the game and that's just like what you do with strength conditioning and um I guess the second thought is too, like, that's what's so powerful about a team, right? Like I was able to connect with him and maybe you weren't able to get through to him, but there was definitely some other cats on the team that I didn't vibe with that well either, but damn right. Coach Carbon come along, you know, they go and straighten up and they go come correct. Like that's the whole point of a team and why I think sport is so powerful and can change lives for the better. And why you have a diverse staff and age and gender and, and, and mm-hmm. races and like, like, yo, like, you know, I'm just thinking back to like my upbringing from Plymouth, Michigan, you know, white kid, middle class Catholic school. And I'm now the, the wide receiver coach at, at Missouri Western coaching Daiwan Usseri from 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 rural South Carolina. Can't even understand what my man is saying. And like, why are we making this connection? yo? like, why is that a thing? And one, it's obviously God's doing. But two, like that just shows when you step outside your framework, you put yourself out there you come correct with the right attitude and the right nature and like powerful stuff can happen, man. And, um, I think that's just one example. And I was blessed enough to be able to coach a cat like that, but, um, yeah, man, I don't know. That's the game. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's how I feel in terms of that approach. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more, man. Like you were definitely, definitely his angel. And man, like the Lord designs us perfectly, you know, Nope. Yep. allow us to use our abilities like you said to minister to people mm-hmm. like we're all uniquely designed you know and there's only one John Jakubic and there will only be one John Jakubic yep. and for you to use your abilities with this podcast um, with the people you interact with each and every day yeah. allows you to glorify God and mm-hmm. It doesn't get any better than than you and the rest of his angels out there in yep. the coaching world. Yeah, that's what yep. it's about. What it's about. Yeah, no doubt. And that's really cool too, because I was actually just talking to my fiance's sister the other day. She was asking me some different questions about this podcast and whatnot. And she's like, "Do you ever get burnt out? Like, do you ever get tired of you know coming up with these different posts or having these different conversations with people?" And I guess I never really thought about it because. Um, the answer is no, yo. Like, to me, the reason we were put here on this earth, and obviously we all do this within our different entities or capacities, whether it's, you know, strength and conditioning, coaching, or sales, or a doctor, or whatever, but the end goal is still the same as to influence people 
and to share your experiences and to come to a better place of understanding so we can connect more and do all these things. Like, like that's the game. And when I really think about it, like I could literally, if I didn't have to sleep, I probably wouldn't. I, I just, I just wouldn't. Like I would just go and try to do as much as possible. And sometimes I probably do that. And that's when I get burnt out physically, but like mentally and it's like, no, I, I just, I just don't. And for whatever reason, I think that's been placed on my heart. And I'm so glad that perspective has been presented to me. Um, because, you know, again, I, for whatever reason, I think I'm able to connect with people in a good way, but like, that's not my doing. I was just born with that stuff. And I'm just trying to share that because I think it'd be highly irresponsible to not do so just like you're doing as well. So, um, I don't know, man, I get revved up talking about this stuff because it's so cool. I've changed lives. Yeah. Or couldn't agree more with you. Yeah. So, all right. I'm off my soapbox. G let's keep it rocking, baby. Um, yeah. All right, so let's talk about the transition to Missouri Western real quick. So I know you said to be, you, or you said I also know that you became the first straight and conditioning coach at Missouri Western. Now that role started out as a GA, is that correct or no? It, yeah, it did. It okay. Did. So there, there were no funds to actually pay a salary. Salary. So uh, the AD said, "Look, I can't pay you a salary, <laughs> but I've also never hired a strength conditioning coach or." any head coach for that matter who has never had their master's degree before. Okay. And I definitely respected that. So he said, you know, if you can come in and allow me to pay you basically nothing. So I got $5,000 on the year and yep. my school pays yep. <laughs> or towards my master's. He said he would make sure that there's a salary for me year two. So wow. my first year, at Missouri Western, I actually, I mean, my true position was graduate assistant. Yep. Head conditioning. I'm, hey, I'm laughing about it. <laughs> you know? That's a hell of a title right there, man. That's a hell of a title, right? <laughs> I like I'm, that. I'm, I'm like 28 years old, yep. you know, taking a job where I'm making $5,000 a year and I'm back in school. Hmm. <laughs> so talk about, you know, uh, transition in terms of, making a little bit of money in Kansas city to yep. basically being a, a poor college student again. again. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'm living, I'm, I'm living off my wife's salary now. Um, so that, that was a challenge in terms of the finances, but it wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, seeing how my wife and I, we didn't have kids and, you know, um, I, I, I won't say that we're, we're frugal by any means, but you know, uh, we didn't need a whole lot gotcha. and uh, That's cool. we, we got by just fine. But yeah. um, in terms of starting a new program, there's no policies and procedures in place. We had this big brand new facility yeah. that had just been built. I think it was three years in existence by the time I got there. Okay. Um, and essentially, you know, most of the programs have been run by a coach on you know, that particular staff. Got it. So there was no structure, no policies and procedures. Um, so basically that first year I had to come in and, and implement all that. Um, so I was in charge of 350 athletes um, by myself, no help, no assistance. Um, and there was a lot of late nights um, in terms of, you know, uh, writing up those policies, those procedures, mm. um, just my vision, yep. my principles. Um, and then outside of programming for, you know, the 12 sports that we had at the time um, and individualizing workouts, it, yep. was a, it was a tall task, a lot of, a lot of late nights um, where, you know, uh, you, you really question, um, you know, why did I get into the no profession? Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Yep, for sure. But um, you know, a lot of prayers in there too. Couldn't couldn't get get through a day sometimes without uh without the Lord that first year because there was a lot of times where, you know, I, I wanted to throw in the towel, but yep. you know, if it weren't for my wife, um, you know, encouraging me to, to continue to push and to reassure me that, you know, um God had me where he wanted me to be and he was going to be with me through it to get me through. I think yep. that first year could have uh, 
ended with me moving back to Kansas City. But got you. I depended on my wife and the Lord a lot that year. Got you. That's so cool. That's so cool. And I think, you know, to everyone listening, and I know, you know, the media wants to portray, (laughs) I guess I'm just talking for us maybe real quick, but strength coaches as these big, tough, bravado guys, you know, ego-driven, prideful, you know, we never sleep, we do this, whatever. Like, we were just talking offline. Like, I'll tell you what, when I was at Ohio State or sometimes at Missouri Western, like, I was broken down, man. And I, I would have to go to the bathroom and sit in the stall for 20 minutes to collect my thoughts. Like, yo, what am I doing here? Like, I'm ready to call this thing. Like, the long days, you're up early, you're up late. There's so much work ahead of you. You just don't even know where to start. Like, it's tasking. It's tasking. And, uh, but it's cool when you place your faith in someone like God, obviously, and he can carry you through. Because I remember I was just, again, we were just talking about this, but you know, walking down the hallway, talking to yourself, people looking at you crazy, like, yo, what's that cat doing? Like, is he going yeah. crazy? Like, yeah, kind of, I am going crazy. But at the same time, like, I ain't talking to myself. I'm talking to God, like, yo, help me out a little bit here, man. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Um, but it's those times, it's those challenges. It's, it, 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 it's, it's the downers that, uh, you know, I think one gave you perspective, but two, um, that's when you learn the most about yourself and your faith and everything like that. So, um, you know, looking back, probably obviously on that first year in the moment, hell yeah, hard as hell, but coming out the other side, way better. You're damn right. You're damn right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And even like flash, flash forward, there's, there's always challenges, um, especially in our profession, you know, um, sometimes there's no budget or, you know, money seems always to be an issue, whether it be, you know, replacing equipment, hiring help, um, or you might not have a coach's support or, right, you know, right. there's so many challenges in this, in this profession and, you know, um, financials in terms of what we pay our strength coaches, you know, um, it isn't, you know, what we'd like it to be. So there's frustrations there. And as I gotten older and put my years into this profession, you know, um, there's times, especially when you're feeling exhausted and burnt out, um, where sometimes you go through a series of emotions and like, there's been time periods where I've just been angry, you know, yep. uh, not at my kids or my athletes, but just the way the system works. Right. I'm, I'm angry. Yep. And then, you know, shortly after that, I found myself becoming very cynical, Mm. you know, Yeah. uh, which, which eats away from the person that I am, you know, no doubt. And then again, you talk about talking to the Lord, you know, that's something that I do as well. And one day I remember talking to the Lord and I just remember this so clearly, you know, the, the Lord just talking to me, and telling me, Greg, that anger, that's when, that's all that is, that's, that's your vulnerability. You're vulnerable right now. Mm. And that cynicism, Greg, that's the devil talking to you. Mm. And that's, that's when I realized, man, that the devil's real. Like he's, he's on my shoulder right now, you know? And, and, and those are the times where you got to get up and you got to walk and you got to have that conversation with God. You got to dive into your scripture or, or that devotional that you didn't get to that morning and wow. everything. So, again, for me to have that epiphany just changed my outlook every day after that. That's incredible. You know, so anytime I, I get angry, like I know who it is, yep. you know, and I, and I start engaging yeah. right away. And yep. that helps spark me out of it, man. That's really cool. It helps. It, it, it's true. It, it helps. It gotcha. helps. Yep. No question. No question about it. And you certainly persevered. And what was it? Was it, was it, uh, you know, the one year at the GA and was it five years as officially a head strength and conditioning coach there? What, what, what was the total yep. yearage when it comes to that? Uh, so it was, it was a total of six. Total six. Okay. Six. Yeah. Um, so, and then that next year after my GA role, you know, uh, when I actually got my salary, it wasn't the salary that I was promised. <laughs> so, okay. uh, surprise, surprise there. Right. Yep. Uh, 
so I, I had to negotiate my my title. So I had to get mm. director of sports performance. So I was like, all right, if I can't if I can't get this, at least give me yeah. You had know, to sexy little, it up a little bit. Hell yeah, yeah make it sexy because because what's going in my account isn't what we talked about. I got so you. I got you. Up I got you, man. So, but a lot of life lessons there too. Got you. Understood. Understood. And I know, you know, those years, obviously you have a soft spot for that place because you played there, you attended there and getting a chance to go back there. I know talking to you about that, that meant the world and the impact that you were able to make, um, you know, not just on the program, but to the lives of all those athletes and those coaches. Uh, firsthand, I was able to see that. And second to none in terms of that, uh, I don't know if there's many people better out there in terms of impact, not just getting stronger physically, but in all arenas of life. And again, you know, just to float your boat, I saw that firsthand. And it's no secret why you were allowed the opportunity to move on from that spot. Again, did your thing, made the impact. But, you know, it's no surprise to me that the Chiefs came calling. And, um, you know, you kind of touched upon that transition a little bit and how that came about. And I'm not going to say it was solely Greg Carbon. It might have been a little Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. But <laughs> all I'm saying is first year on staff, I mean, they win the Super Bowl now. I'm, I, I'm not big into coincidences, but all I'm going to say is, gee, I don't know, man. That might have been all you, um, you know, when it, when, it, when it comes to that end result. But, um, you know, just kind of talk about that transition a little bit more maybe from a collegiate setting to a pro setting, what was the, maybe the tougher spots, the easier spots? Um, and it's just what the kind of this past year, what has that ride been like? Cause again, you can't write a better story in terms of the end result, but for you personally, um, how did that transition process go and take place? You know, um, it, it was definitely a transition. I, I came in, you know, uh, into our off season phase one training, definitely eager and excited about the okay. opportunity. Yep. Um, uh, you know, and not that you ever think that you, you know it all or anything, but I knew Missouri Western had prepared me um, to hopefully do a good job at this level um, and coaching a squat at the college level is the same as it is, <laughs> you know, in the professional level. So gotcha. in terms of programming, you know, coaching technique in the weight room, no problem. The challenge came into, you know, relating to these individuals who made more money than I did, mm. uh, who don't necessarily need me from a standpoint in terms of where they are in their lives, in terms of their maturity. Um, you know, what, what can I provide these mid 20 to 30 year olds who have everything? How can I make an impact in their lives? So that was the biggest challenge. Um, because it was different from the college setting. Um, you know, I always felt like I had a message or something really to give um, uh, my athletes in terms of telling them something impactful to leave yeah. with. Well, that's yeah. there. You know, I'm I'm the, the third assistant, you know. How can I make that same impact? Yeah. And the more that we train, the, the more that I just kind of, that back, took everything and observed. I kind of found my my calling towards the the practice squad guys. Okay. Uh, you know, um, you know, you can only carry ten on your roster throughout the season, and those those ten change often. You know, so they're in a different state than those on the active roster. You know, yep. they don't know if they're here the next week. Um, so that allowed me to basically go in and when we trained those guys to empower them and give them confidence into what we were doing in the weight room uh, that was going to help transfer to the practice field so they can go out there and give a good look and hopefully make a name for themselves. And right. those are the guys who, you know, they're young, just out of college. They're trying to figure it out. Um, reminded me a little bit of your developmental guys. Right. Um, at the college level, those yep. freshmen, because they're wide eyed. This yep. is their first year. So that gave me the opportunity to really connect with some guys because their walls aren't up quite as high. Um, so it allowed me to have some conversations where I'm sitting at lunch with some guys and 
I've had some guys say, Coach, just thank you for, for saying hi to me every wow. day. And just made me feel feel more comfortable, you know, during my time here. So that's when I knew, all right, what I'm doing is working with these practice squad guys. So, you know, I, I go in every day and, and I try to make sure those guys feel good about themselves. And Yep. No, that's if powerful. I have, yeah, yeah, if I have the opportunity to uh, – share the the Lord with them at some point or share our faith as an opportunity for me to glorify God. And, and I've had the, the opportunity to do that with a few guys. And, you know, even if it's just two out of, you know, the 63 right. on, on the roster, that's two guys that I've impacted that will hopefully, you know, um, pay it forward at some point. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yep, and it snowballs from there. I mean, all it has to do is start with one. That turns into two, then four, then eight, and there you go. We're off and running. Um, but, no, I, I really like that angle, G. Just like you said, you kind of came from a spot where you were top dog and you transitioned to a spot where now you're kind of third in line in regards to that certain pillar. And I know there's some people watching or listening right now probably thinking, you know, I'm, maybe I'm a mid-level manager. I'm, I'm an associate-level salesperson or, or whatever, and I'm trying to struggle – I am struggling with finding a way that I can bring value or, you know, obviously I'm doing my job well, but how can I elevate myself or separate myself? And in my opinion, you know, kind of coming from a GA role or intern role, whatever, like I think people very much undervalue and overthink just being a really good person and being that. And I don't mean just saying hi in the hallway. I mean, taking time to ask somebody how they're doing and meaning it and then having a conversation for two minutes because whether it's a practice squad guy, the star on the team, like you just don't know what they're going through or if they need that hello or they need that conversation. And again, not just doing it because you feel like you should be, but because you're coming from a good place. And if you can do that consistently day after day after day and back that up with obviously knowledge in the weight room or helping them out in some other way, like that's a compound effect. And within a year, I mean, you blink and obviously the days are long. You don't feel like you're doing much, but you know, over time, that stuff is the game changer. Like that's the game. And um, when it does come to that value, I think a lot of time too, we think more on the tactical side of things, the tangible side of things. And especially at a level like the Kansas City Chiefs, for heaven's sake, Super Bowl champions, like everybody know what they're talking about. Everybody knows what they're doing, but what are the intangibles that you can bring to the table? And a lot of time, that's just being a good cat for the right reasons and coming from a good place. And if you can be that in combination with the other things, then yeah, I think you're going to be off and running eventually. It might not happen today, but you know, that's where it starts. Um, so if you out there and you want an entry level role or something like that, like be that first, everything else can come after that, but um, don't undervalue being a phenomenal human being, I guess is what I'm getting at. Um, and obviously you're that G and, Thank you for sharing that because I think that's powerful. And to see people at your level doing that and making an impact, um, that gives everybody else, I don't think, any excuse to do the same. So um, that's dope, dude. Now, in terms of you, let's just talk about professionally, you personally. Um, would you like to be maybe a head training conditioning coach at the professional level, collegiate level again one day? Like, you kind of have a vision for that or are you just kind of rocking with it right now? You know what? Um, I think I would like to be a head guy. Um, Again, whether that's at the NFL level or the collegiate level, um, you know, wherever God wants me, I, I'm for it because I've had some really good people who have helped me get here along the way in terms of some of my graduate assistants right. who were under me. I would love to bring them along for the ride mm. and put them a, in a position where they can financially take care of their families, especially if I were to get a head job at this level. And I would bring them up, and then I would hopefully set it up to where I can kind of fade back into the Division two level. Mm. For most, one of my guys from within allow that guy to kind of take my position, you know, and just kind of ride my career out, just having more time with my family, my kids, watching them hopefully play sports, yep. and just doing my thing with the youth again, you know, really cool. there's something special about the youth. So like, I would, I would absolutely love to be in a position where I can just promote some of those good people who have, who have helped me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that would be 
probably my goal. I got you. Um, and and real quick, just to kind of Please. touch on what you just talked about, you Please. know, just being a good person. Yeah. I think if I, I couldn't agree with you more, you're a good person and you work hard, your career would take care of itself. Yep. You know, I believe in networking through hard work because mm. a lot of the time when you get that great job, it's because somebody knew of you and it's what they knew about you mm. that allowed them to recommend you for that position. If I know John Jakubic and I know he works hard, that's probably what got you that job. You got know? you. Yeah, absolutely. He works hard. He's there every day. I mean, who wouldn't want a good person who works hard? Right. <laughs> and you're right, right. So, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. And I've had a lot of good people uh, who who fit that mold. Yeah, man, no doubt. Get there. So Yeah, yeah that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, damn, yeah, that's really cool. Okay. Now to wrap this thing up, G, you know, again, head to the conditioning coach, Kansas City Chiefs, all these things we talked about um, at a superficial level is obviously very cool. It's very impressive, but I want to kind of put things in the right perspective in my mind. And I know you feel the same way. So I just want to ask you a question about your family real quick. So, you know, you got your wife, you got your twins rocking things out. Um, when it comes to them, and again, I know who you are, and this is why I want to ask this question. So people can hear it from you, but what does family kind of mean to you? Cause yes, you're doing all these cool things for others and for the players and for yourself, but I know you're a family man and that stuff is so important to you. Um, so just talk about your family real quick. What do they mean to you and why do they inspire you so much to be the man that you are? Oh man. Well, I couldn't say enough nice things about my wife. Um, she makes me a better person for one. Um, just her faith gives me strength and courage to to get through those long days. And her belief in me um, has really just allowed me to, you know, uh, get to the position uh, that I'm in now. And my world changed when my twins were born. The uh, world was really kind of spinning because, you know, when it's just you and your wife, you know, you don't need a whole lot financially. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and then you, you bring two little babies in the world and, and you start to think about things that <laughs> you never really thought about before. But um, at one point, I thought I was going to lose my, my entire family um, before the twins were born because, uh, you know, twins are high-risk pregnancy. Uh, yeah. And it wasn't exactly uh, – you know, your typical pregnancy where, right. you know, you're going to doctor visits and you're getting all this great news. Uh, uh, for for us, it was a lot more stressful. Every visit was, it seemed like bad news after bad news. Got it. From you know, stillbirth with my twins to my son potentially having autism or potentially my wife losing the twins and her um, you know, not making it as well. So, you know, uh, through that time, my wife and I, we really spent a lot of time in prayer and, um, it really allowed us to get closer to God and wow. that the people who were in our, our corner, um, from start to finish, like it, it really, um, just let me know, let me know, um, what's important in life and, and that's people and, you know, uh, my family, man, words can't describe what they mean to me, no doubt. especially when you lose them. So it's, that is when I realized it's not about sets and reps and mm. what Olympic variations that, you know, it's going to get my football team better yep. or how much my bank account. Cause during yep. that time, all I think about was, was my wife and, and my kids, like, that's what really matters. It's, it's the people, it's, it's the relationships that we have uh, with our significant others, our kids, you know, our, our family. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's really been, you know, uh, my, my strength, my motivation for all that I do, you know, from uh, me setting the example of, you know, 
going to church every day so or every Sunday. So my son knows, like, that's what a man does. Yep. He, he gets up on Sundays, goes to church with his family. You know, um, the, hopefully they, they know the work ethic that I have, you know. Um, it's a little sad, a little kind of good, too, you know, if you ask my kids, hey, where's daddy at? Daddy's at work. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a good and a bad. They know dad works hard, but like, you know, that doesn't always allow me to be at home as much as I like. But you know what? Um, there's times of the year where, um, you know, I get I get more time than the average person does. So I'll have three weeks off coming up. But like with those days, I'm not going to I'm not going to take my kids to daycare. They're just going to hang out with me. Awesome. So we're going to have we're going to have fun and. Um, again, uh, God's put us on this earth to, you know, to, to glorify him. And uh, I'm doing that with my kids. Um, I'm going to minister my kids, uh, my wife and I, we minister each other and we try to, um, you know, do that in our jobs. Um, we're lucky enough to have that platform, um, because you don't have to be, you know, a bishop or a preacher or a minister right. to, to by God and, and leave a legacy. So that's that's what we're trying to do. So I'm trying to create little minions to glorify <laughs> God, you yep. know, uh, down the road. So hopefully one day, you know, we could spend eternity, you know, yep. with the Lord, be together yep. forever. If, if that doesn't put things in perspective, so that's my ultimate goal. Yep. Yep. That's it. My- oh man, bang. Um, yeah, that'll do it right there, Greg. That's uh that's a phenomenal way to end, dude. And just to float your boat one more time, I want to gas you up a little bit to uh, everyone listening. I think you can probably hear it in his voice and the way he uses his words and expresses the different things. But when you want to talk about influence, you want to talk about impact, you want to talk about character and challenge and perspective. I mean, you can go down the list and coach Greg Carbon is exactly that. And I learned a lot from him again in the year that I was with him. I know those that have impacted him in the past and that he's impacted him now and will continue to impact will feel the same way because of who he is and what he stands for. And, uh, you know, talking to cats like you, G, this is the reason I do this because I think there's so much good out there and there's so many positive, enriching, influential people that need to be put on a pedestal a little bit more. And you are certainly one of those people, man. So, um with that dude i really appreciate your time thank you so much for sharing all that with us getting a little vulnerable and opening up and um that's powerful stuff right there so thank you so much dude um have an incredible evening and uh can't wait to see what's in store for you, brother so thank you so much man i appreciate you john thanks for having me on man and uh i'm really grateful to have you in my life and you know uh what you're doing putting these podcasts out here um i know you're gonna reach um, you know, a lot of people and, you know, like I said, God puts his angels on this earth to, to glorify him. And I know you're one of them. And again, just grateful to have you in my life. The, the time you were at Western, um, you're, you're a special human being, man. It uh, doesn't get much better than you. So thanks, thanks again too. for just allowing me to, you know, share some, some of my experience with you today. Yeah, baby, the wisdom. Um, well, that's deeply humbling, G. Thank you so much. And uh, again, have a great one. And to everybody else out there, um, that's going to wrap it up for me. And that's going to wrap up another week on the Coach Cool Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys uh, for tuning in and giving me feedback and listening to this stuff. And, you know, when I get messages of people saying they liked a certain episode or a certain passage or an excerpt or whatever, like, Again, just like me and G talked about, that's the game, man. That's the game. Can we influence each other for the better with our words and with our actions and be consistent in that approach? And if we can do that, then a lot of good is going to come from those things. And uh, that's the mission with this thing. And um, I just hope you guys can find that this week through Challenge and Perspective. And I'm really looking forward to coming back on Monday. Got a great episode for you guys. Have a phenomenal post for all my readers out there, too. And uh, we'll keep this ball rolling, okay? So y'all have a fantastic weekend. Again, appreciate you guys. Love you guys. And God bless you all. Coach Coob. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode and just listening to the podcast in general. It means the absolute world to me. 
that you guys choose to take time out of your day and your busy lives to listen to me and the perspectives that I offer and the challenges that I give out and the conversations with the guests that I have on this show. And I very much hope it's bringing some sort of value into your life and you're finding benefit from these conversations and from these perspectives. And if you are one of those people, whether you've listened once or you've listened to all the episodes, um, I'm going to ask you right now if you feel so compelled to leave a rating and to leave a review, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or however you choose to listen to this show. Um, I would very much appreciate that because that's how growth happens. That's how I can continue to learn and um, understand this thing from your guys' ears, not just my mouth, but make this thing more of a two-way street. And the more ratings and the more reviews we get, the bigger growth we can find and the more people we can reach with this thing as well. So um, again, if you feel so compelled, if you feel like this thing has brought value, I would very much appreciate that. Okay. Uh, But with that, I'm going to leave you guys for the day. And as always, I really, really appreciate you guys and God bless. Coach Coop.